After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne, and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these, clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Lord God, on this day when we celebrate All Saints Day, as we come to watch many be baptized into your name, initiated into the life of your church, we pray, Lord, that you would hold before us the vision of your word, the, the vision of that heavenly joy and hope to which you're calling us as your saints uh, to know you and to enjoy you um, and to sing your praises forever. We pray, uh, Lord, that you would stir our hearts uh, to move towards you more and more. And I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be pleasing to you, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Chris Myers. I'm one of the priests here. The seventh anniversary uh, of weekly worship at St. Bart's, that's what we're celebrating today. In 2015, a group, a core group of people, some from All Saints, some that have been gathered from East Dallas, started meeting in a pastorate in a small group in the house of Jane Amy Wright. And over the course of that year, 2015, um, we had some gathering events. We had some parties, because we like to have those. That's one of the things that we like to do. And then on November 1st, 2015, we began weekly worship down the road at Central Lutheran at 5 p.m. on Sunday night. And here we are seven years later. That, on paper, is an impossible thing. I don't know how many of you know anything about church planting, but the one thing about church planting is that it usually doesn't work. <laughs> it's a very hard thing to do, and God has been so faithful. And Morgan and I, um, and many of you on the core team have been here since the beginning, and we prayed that God would establish us and root us in East Dallas in such a way that we could, by his grace, build something that would outlive us. Um, and I think we're on our way to doing that. And um, I'm so grateful for that. Um, oh, actually, I'm overwhelmed <laughs> that we've, we've made it this far. There's no, there was never any guarantee except uh, that God told us to do it <laughs> and we move forward in faith. So that was one impossible thing that happened this week. Another impossible thing that happened this week is that I submitted my dissertation <laughs> Um, yes, and Bill Hendricks, who's not here, 
He said to me back in the fall or spring when I was sent out for my leave of study, he said to me something that was very true. He said, I don't know a PhD who's ever been prayed for more than you, which is amazing and so true. And I just wanted to say as a way to sort of celebrate St. Bart's and that um, accomplishment is in the acknowledgments, one of the things I say in my dissertation is as I dedicate part of it to the community of St. Bart's, a lot of people have asked me what the dissertation is about. I won't bore you with that. A couple of you have asked to read it. God bless your souls. But really, it's about behold and become. It's about looking at God so we can come more like him. And it's all about the theology of that throughout the last 2,000 years, but really it comes down to what St. Bart's is about, is that we could look at God um, and that we could become more like him. So that's what we've set out to do here. And today I wanna talk about baptism. And I wanna say a few things about baptism, um, just a few things, because I want the sacrament to speak for itself in many ways as we watch people um, immersed into the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and let the sacrament really speak for itself. But I want to say three main things about baptism. Um, You may have heard the phrase, I think it's one of the seven habits of highly effective people, begin with the end in mind. Um, If you want it slightly more philosophically, Soren Kierkegaard said that life is understood backwards but can only be lived forwards. What does that mean? It means we have to set something in front of us that we move towards as we journey. And one of the things that baptism is, is it marks the beginning of the pilgrimage of the the Christian life. That one of the primary ways that the people of God have understood what it is to be a person of faith is to be on a pilgrimage, to be on a journey. But towards what? Well, that's what Revelation chapter seven sets before us today, is a vision of where God wants to take his people. God's intention for his people is that we would stand before him day and night an untold multitude of people from every tribe, tongue, and nation who have been immersed into his name, immersed into his divine life, who worship him and praise him forever, that they would be sheltered in his presence, that their tears would be wiped away, that all pain and suffering is taken away. In a word, he's taking us into his presence in heaven. That's the end. We begin with the end in mind. Where is God taking us? What, what is the content of our <clears throat> Christian hope? As Christians, we're people of faith, hope, and love. What do we hope for? One of the things that we hope for is that we will stand in God's presence forever. And maybe we don't talk about it enough because talking about heaven all the time can maybe turn into a distraction where we don't try to bring heaven to earth <laughs> like, the Lord prayer, like the Lord's Prayer says. But if we don't keep it in front of us, I think we can lose our way on this pilgrimage. This multitude from every tribe, tongue, and nation stand before the Lord. And this is the reading for All Saints Day because it gives us a vision of what it is, this mystical body that is knit together in his love that the the collect talked about. The other way to put it is God's, or Christ's one holy Catholic and apostolic church. The other way to put it is his body connected throughout time and space, brought together fully and finally into his presence. And the beginning of that journey 
the formal beginning, the rite of initiation into that journey is baptism. Baptism is the rite of initiation into the life of the church where one is formally and sacramentally marked for the beginning of this pilgrimage. And in the early church, you would enter the waters naked and be washed, and as you came out of the waters, you would be given a white robe. You're given a white robe as a vision of the journey that God is taking you on. As in Revelation 7, it says, one of the elders addressed me saying, who are these clothed in white robes and where have they come from? I said to him, sir, you know, and he said to me, these are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. These are specifically maybe talking about the martyrs, but the martyrs symbolizing all those who have been washed all those who've been given a white robe, a new name, and have set out on this journey towards this heavenly vision. So we have a beginning point set for us in baptism, and we have an end point set for us in Revelation, and all the moves in between, all the twists and turns that life can take is the pilgrimage of the Christian life. And when we feel like we're lost along the way, Part of what we're encouraged to do is to look back to the beginning and to look forward and hope to the end. To look back to the beginning and to remind ourselves that we are the baptized. That we have been marked by the name of God, that we've been immersed into his divine life, and that he will lead us to where he's taking us. So then, then we can look forward and hope to this vision of saying, Lord, where are you taking us? Maybe I feel like I'm lost. It's, it's Psalm 23, really. <laughs> he, the shepherd is leading us on a journey. And sometimes that journey goes through the valley of the shadow of death. And yet, we do not doubt, we still hope, because he is with us, leading us through that, and he's taking us some, somewhere. So we have the beginning marked for us in baptism, and we have the vision of the heavenly hope set before us here. So we think of baptism as a pilgrimage. That's the first thing about baptism. The second thing about baptism is that baptism is a boundary crossing. We move from one world into another world. Um, in 1 Corinthians 10, Paul talks about the people of Israel at the Red Sea and that when they crossed the Red Sea that they were baptized into Moses. And then he says, but you have been baptized into Christ. And he uses the image of the Red Sea as a picture of baptism that on this side of the Red Sea was one world, and on this other side of the Red Sea was another world, and to cross the Red Sea, to move through the waters of baptism is to move from one realm to another. If you lived in Berlin during the Cold War, you would know which world you're in based on which side of the wall you lived on. If you lived in the east side of the Berlin Wall, your life was very different than if you lived on the west side of the Berlin Wall. A different world different government, different sensibilities, different way of being, but if you crossed that boundary, you stepped into a new reality. And that's what baptism is. It's a boundary crossing from one world into another world. In Romans 6, Paul gives us this image of baptism, is that the, the flooding waters are the waters that come back down upon Pharaoh and the chariots and all the enemies of the people of God and drown them in the waters and then we move through as his people in safety. 
We move from one world into a new world. We move out of one being into a new way of being. We move out of darkness into light, out of death into life. Or as Paul succinctly puts it in Colossians 1, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Baptism is the sacramental marker of that movement from one world to another, from one way of being into another way of being. So baptism marks the beginning of our pilgrimage. Baptism is a boundary crossing. And then the last thing that I wanna say is that baptism is a naming ceremony. It's about identity. When Jesus tells us to go into the world and make disciples and baptize them, he tells us to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's kind of the one thing, as controversial as baptism can be across denominations, it's the one thing that we agree on (laughs) that we should be doing is that it's baptism in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. J.I. Packer in his book, Knowing God, says that the highest privilege of the gospel is that we are adopted as sons and daughters of God. That when we are forgiven, yes, that's important, that we are justified, that's important, but those are all means to an end. Really, the highest privilege of the gospel, the good news of the good news, is that we are children of God. Baptism is is part of the adoption when we take on the family name of God, when we are immersed into his name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we can think of the Christian life, what we would call the journey of sanctification or the pilgrimage, or however you want to put it, is that we are trying to move deeper and deeper and deeper into our family identity, that we are trying to live out of our family identity, that we are trying to live the family resemblance to be who we actually are, If we already are a son or a daughter, then we're not trying to become a son or a daughter or earn that. It's already already done, it's already taken care of. But we want to live in light of that reality, to bear the family resemblance. Which brings us to the gospel passage, the Beatitudes. What does the life of the blessed look like? What does the family life of God look like? It looks like the Beatitudes, the poor in spirit, the merciful, the pure in heart, the righteous, those who bless their enemies, those who bless those who persecute them. The last part of that passage that we had from Luke sums it all up for us. Be merciful, why? As your Father in heaven is merciful. Be like your family. You've been given a new name, you've been given a new family identity in baptism, So live out of the overflow of who God has called you to be and made you to be. Be merciful as your Father in heaven is merciful. Baptisms have often taken place on the celebration of All Saints Day, and I think it's for this reason of setting before us the beginning so that we can move forward in hope to the end, and the vision of being in the presence of God, of worshiping forever, of being filled with heavenly hope, knowing that we are clothed in white robes. But All Saints Day is also a day of remembrance. We remember those who have gone before us. And one way to put it is this, is that the communion of saints is the community of the baptized. 
And my question to you on a day of remembrance as we celebrate a seventh anniversary, whatever it is that's going on in your life and in your own faith, I would ask you this question, who among the baptized, who among the saints has made a difference for you? Who would you draw to mind and bring as an act of thanksgiving to God as someone in your life who's made your faith livable? Because we have those people. We don't journey alone. This is not a pilgrimage alone. We're walking together. And I know for me that there are those people along the way who've made my faith livable in the sense that in their expression of faith, in their demonstration of hope, in their acts of love, they've shown me that this journey is actually taking us somewhere. (laughs) That we're not just moving around in a circle going nowhere, but God is taking us somewhere and he is actually transforming people. That he is actually making people more like him, more loving. So I would just simply ask you, who has expanded your vision of what it is to walk with the Lord? You could even use the Beatitudes that we read as a guide. Who has been, had demonstrated the poverty of spirit, that humility to where they are able to receive the riches of God? Who has been merciful to you or you've seen being merciful to others? Who has been pure in heart and shown you that this stuff is real? That we're not just telling ourselves stories to make ourselves feel better, but that God is at work and that he is actually making us more and more like himself. So as we move into a time of prayer, just as we pause before we move into the baptisms, I just want you to draw those people to mind and to thank God for them. To thank God for family members or a youth pastor or a teacher or a friend or someone who invited you to something where you heard the gospel and responded. Those people who've made your faith possible. We are on a pilgrimage, but we do it together. We do not walk alone. We walk with all the other baptized, and we walk with the saints. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you on this day, seventh anniversary of weekly worship here. Uh, We thank you for your faithfulness, and we thank you for all the people along the way who've made a difference to the life of this community, difference to us. And as a simple act of gratitude, Lord, we draw to mind those people that we are thankful for. Those that we remember that have made our faith livable, who've demonstrated to us, Lord, your love. We thank you for them. And we thank you that in baptism, you initiate us into the life of your church and that you give us this marker of the beginning of a journey, of this time that we move from one world into another. We pray, Lord, that you'd be in our midst and that you'd bless us. In Jesus' name, amen.